Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Now, today we are looking at employment. It's a topic that we've looked at for, for well, many, many years now and the difficulties that people with disabilities, including those with visual impairments, face when it comes to getting training, uh, retraining, uh, accessing the job market uh, in general. All sorts of barriers there, but uh, is there an opportunity now for the government to do something about this? Is there an opportunity for you, the public, to get involved? Jeff Fimister from RNIB joins us now. Um, Jeff, you know, this is a topic we come round to quite a lot here on uh, RNIB Connect Radio, but it is a huge topic and there are some real concerns about the, the falling figures of people with visual impairments getting into employment. Yes, there certainly are, Alan. The the figure for the non-disabled population in terms of people who are working actually in employment is is about 80%, and it's about half of that for disabled people. But if you look at um, people who are blind and partially sighted, it's right down at 26% and seems to be falling. So we're very concerned about that, and we're very pleased that uh, it's going up the scale of public data here, you know, and there's more news about it. Now, if we were to look in terms of political intervention, there is a consultation of sorts underway. There is indeed, yes. The, the, one of the um, current government's uh, election pledges was to halve the gap between disabled and non-disabled people's employment rates by 2020. Uh, now, it certainly doesn't look as if they're going to do that, but they have brought forward a green paper which uh, creates a debate and we think that there's an opportunity here to go some way towards closing that gap. So uh, the Green Paper's been hanging around for a while. Every time we have a new Secretary of State, it's gone back to the drawing board. But finally, it's been published, and, and there is now an opportunity for people to make their views heard. Now, there are many, many points to, to to look at within this to help people with disabilities into employment. You know, it's not just sometimes as easy as going to the job centre, finding a, a card with a job on it and making the application. There's all sorts of things around training, even accessible information to find the jobs, to apply for them, and indeed the support that's there from Job Centre Plus as well. Yes, that's right. The, the what What we want to see is a much more uh, vigorous approach to providing decent employment services. So instead of just general advice and and you, you get something specifically geared to the particular disability that you have. So we want to see specialist employment services for people who are blind or partially sighted. That's one of the points we'll be making strongly. And I imagine that's something that you're listeners would agree with and there's also the question of of employers attitudes as well employers completely underestimate what blind and partially sighted people can do in the workplace i mean you know 30 years ago maybe it was a huge obstacle to be uh to, to, to be visually impaired in the workplace but now there's all this technology that can that can help you and there's the access to work scheme that employers tend not to know about and there's, there's often disabled people don't know about that should be much more publicized much more up front so uh so you know a bit of determination is uh, is required here and this green paper is an opportunity to, to push that 
We, we seem to come back to similar points each time we talk about this, Jeff, in that, as you say, access to work is there to pay for adaptions, assistive technology. It can pay for travel to work, a support worker. You know, it's it's there, um, but employers don't seem to know a great deal about it. And it, when we look at... The- they seem to be diminishing as well. And those attitudes as well that employers have, that seems to be a real uphill struggle to change those. Well, yes, you could call it an uphill struggle, but we need to start going up that hill, don't we? <laughs> and while the, uh, while the government's um, saying, you know, they really want to address this, let's take them at their word and, and, and let's, uh, let's have a big boost to uh, things like publicity for access to work, uh, much better employment, uh, services uh, really tackle employers' attitudes. Um, the, the, the Green Paper presents that opportunity to us. We have with us uh, Terry Ballon. Terry, uh, you are registered blind yourself, so tell me about the difficulties you've had with finding employment. Well, it's been quite difficult because I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I am 55, so age is an issue for me. But one of the biggest problems I've experienced is, one, I lack the experience that the um, employers want and I don't have the qualifications. So what would you say was the biggest difficulty for employers or was it that lack of qualifications? Interestingly, I think it's the lack of qualifications and despite doing, you know, a significant amount of uh, volunteering, I just don't seem to have, you know, the experience that they want. Quite often I feel I have got the mindset, which I've all been told in various job search courses is what employers look most for, but that in reality doesn't seem to be the case. If we were to look at the the qualifications then, um, I know you've looked at different courses to improve your skills. What kind of support did you get from, say, Job Centre Plus when you spoke to them? Um, I'm not particularly impressed with, you know, I've had contact with my DEA and I kind of felt that I was telling them more about what was needed and, and how I could do it. So, you know, actually saying, going to them and saying, look, there's a job, you know, I'm interested in information, advice and guidance jobs and ECLO posts, etc. But I haven't got this qualification. I haven't got the money to pay for that course. How can I access funding? And that's led to a whole, you know, a load of other questions. Okay, so the disability employment advisor then would be your your kind of first thought for things like that. So you've obviously recognised that you need to improve your qualifications. What was the difficulty because it sounds as if you've highlighted to them what you need for the particular post that you have to go for so was it easy to get on courses or has that been problematic as well once i'd identified that and he he turned around and said to me well first of all you need to demonstrate that the jobs you know are out there that apply for the you know particular courses and i went right that's absolutely not a problem and then he said you need to demonstrate that you can do those jobs you'll need to undergo for example a psychological assessment um which was quite you know quite a shock to me he then referred me on to you know a training provider and and in fairness to them they did try and get the you know the course up for example the information advice guidance level two although i was looking for a level three qualification because that's what a lot of jobs require um but their difficulty was that then their provider didn't have the materials in um an accessible format for me and just weren't interested in providing it 
So you've identified what the qualifications are. I have to say, though, Teddy, I've, I've never um, <laughs> been asked or heard of having to do psychological tests just to get a job. So that must have been a bit of a shock right away. But to find the providers then don't have information for you to do the course in an accessible format, it must have been another hurdle. And I know you also uh, looked at the uh, European driving licence for computing as well. Was that any easier? At the end of the day, I was so concerned about completing the IAG because I started, the, for example, the IAG in February of last year. Um, we were so battling to get the IAG in accessible format. And at the end of the day, the provider did transcribe some of the materials. I didn't actually complete the, um, the ECDL. So would you say you're kind of in limbo at the moment? Well, yeah, I sent my materials off, for example, I completed the IAG course and I still haven't heard back that's in respect of last September, whether I passed or not, basically. So I've kind of almost pushed the ECDL to one side. Have you gone back to your disability employment advisor since completing the work? Um, I have to admit, kind of to a point where you get a bit disillusioned and think, you know what, I might as well just do it myself. Teddy, thank you. Jeff, um, I, I used the phrase one step forward, two steps back. It seems as if, um, I mean, is, is Teddy's case typical? Oh, yes, we hear that kind of story so often. And it's so so annoying, isn't it, when you, you hear somebody so, who's obviously got so much to offer, um, being messed around like that, offered a, offered a psychological assessment instead of accessible information. <laughs> and and uh, she, you know, appears to know much more about the subject than her advisor. You know, that that is that's the sort of thing that needs to be changed. You know, we need a big increase in quality. And that means that means the government's got to put resources into it. You know, obviously you can't blame the advisors, but the advisors have got to be trained up and no doubt there needs to be more of them. Uh, so, you know, the... the the government needs to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. We we do need to see a big improvement there, don't we? The, the the advisor point that Terry made was probably one that stood out for me most there, Jeff, because I'm used to hearing about people not receiving things in accessible format and that taking time. But the fact that a disabled employment advisor is asking her, well, are there jobs out there that you want to do? And then saying to her, well, uh, you know, we need to do this psychological assessment uh, and almost not understanding um, not all points of the job, but not understand Terry and her needs. She's telling them what she needs. Yeah, well, that's right. And what's needed is a personalised approach and some expertise on the advisor's side as to particular disabilities and how they affect particular people. And they should know what jobs are asking the disabled person what jobs are out there. They don't themselves. Mm. I think that that is that, that. I'm sorry, that is it's annoying, isn't it? And that's the, that's the sort of thing that needs to change. Uh, one of the things I want to highlight as well to people who who are listening to this, Terry, is uh, sorry uh, to Jeff that Terry, uh, for most of her life, w w she she was you know dealing with her sight loss. She was also bringing up a family as well, young children and so on, and was desperate to get back into work. Is doing all she can to get back into work, so not just sitting back on, on welfare benefits, and really just all having such a difficult time. Yes, that's right. It's the system really uh, is not geared up to helping there. What we want to see is two things, and, th and this comes up in the, in the Green Paper as well. We, we want two things. We want for those people who are able to work, uh, they should get decent support. All the things we've just been talking about. For people, meanwhile, who can't get a job, they need uh, an adequate benefit system to make sure they can pay the bills. And uh, that's something else that, was, as we know, has been going wrong recently from 
from next April, uh, people uh, who are in the work-related activity group uh, for, of employment support allowance for new claims, they're going to get £29 a week less than they do now. And uh, that is such a bad idea. You know, if you get involved in work-related activity, your benefit is £29 uh, a week less. It's actually £36 a week less than you get in the support group. That is a really unwise change, and we really hope the government will change their minds about that uh, and make sure that people, while they can't get a job, are, are properly supported. And while they're looking for work, they have decent employment services to back them up. And again, we need to change those employers' attitudes as well. Jeff, the, the consultation is on at the moment. What are you looking for members of the public, you know, disabled and non-disabled people to do? Can they help? Well, yes, indeed. Um, we the, the, the consultation paper itself uh, is very large. It's 90-odd pages, and it's not an easy read, and there are pages and pages of questions. So we thought, wouldn't it be much better if we boil that down a bit? So we, uh, we sat down and we came up with a much shorter list of questions. Our list is just over a page, um, so it's much more accessible. And what we would like people to do is make their own submissions to the consultation, say what you think about all the issues that we've just been talking about, uh, the, the opportunities are there, the questions are there, and if you can let us know what you've said, that will be terrific, because then we can quote it in uh, our own submission, which we'll be working on. The consultation closes on the 17th of February. So I know Christmas and New Year get in the way, but that still leaves... A reasonable amount of time. Now, um, if uh, people have got access to the internet, go to the RNIB website, and there is a direct link as well. If you go to www.rnib.org.uk forward slash work green paper, and work green paper is all one word, uh, then that will take you into um, into a, a page that will enable you to make your own submission and you can tick a box that uh, it gives us permission to quote what you've said. Um, for people who don't have access to the internet, if you phone our campaign's hotline on 020-7391-2123, our very helpful people there will uh, will take you through it and you do it over the phone. So if lots and lots of people can make those points, copy us in, that would be fantastic. Jeff, we'll, we'll revisit this again, no doubt, in the near future. But for the moment, thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Video. Thank you very much. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.